Hi, this is Jerome Gilmartin, JMJ Catholic Radio, bringing local and EWTN Catholic programming to Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. Welcome to the In the Father's Hands program with host Mary-Kate Grady. Her guest today is Deacon Ed Schoner. Deacon Schoner has been a permanent deacon since 2004, and he serves at the Cathedral of St. Peter in Scranton. Deacon Schoner founded, with his family and friends, the Katie Foundation after his daughter passed away from suicide in 2016. This foundation helps people to speak openly about mental illness. And he's president of the Association of Catholic Mental Health Ministers and has co-authored two books with uh, Bishop John Dolan. And uh, those books are Responding to Suicide, a Pastoral Handbook for Catholic Leaders, and When a Loved One Dies from Suicide. Deacon Schoner lives in Scranton with his family. He leads an educational series on mental health. Meetings are held every Tuesday and are open to the public. Mary-Kate? Thank you so much, Jerry. And just wanted to wish everybody a very blessed and joyful Easter season. And it's my uh, sincere prayer for all of you that whatever season you might be experiencing in your own life right now, that the profound peace that flows from the resurrection of Jesus may penetrate your hearts in a very special way during this joyful season of Easter. And we're so glad to have you join us again for our program in the Father's Hands, as Jerry mentioned. Uh, Just a reminder, you can listen to our program on JMJ Catholic Radio live on the radio. Uh, You can catch us on... Um, also on the internet, JMJ has the radio online, and also we have a podcast, so if you go into any search engine, you type in In the Father's Hands podcast, you can go on and see our latest pod, um, recording, which is also a podcast, or any past um, programs slash podcasts that we've done, so please look into that. We'd love to have you follow up with our many wonderful guests that we've had the opportunity to have on And uh, we're so pleased today to welcome our first deacon on the program, Deacon Ed. We're so happy to have you. Nice to be with you, Mary-Kate. And um, if you wouldn't mind, I always like to start off with asking our guest a difficult question because a lot of people have many favorite scripture verses. But if you would share with us maybe one of your favorite verses of scripture and why you like it so much. Well, the first that I've come to really... uh, be attached to or look to is Romans, Romans 8.28. We know that all things work for the good for those who love God. Uh, Especially over the last few years, I I do uh, work with people in grief support. I work with people with mental health challenges and mental illnesses. And to see that God can take uh, these things, which appear to be uh, setbacks, uh, certainly are wounds. I I talked about this uh, yesterday in the homily uh, at St. Peter's Cathedral. Uh, mm-hmm. As you know, the uh, the uh, uh, the first Sunday after Easter is Divine Mercy Sunday, and also, right. for those of us that are a little older, remember it as Doubting Thomas uh, Sunday. It's always the meeting of, <laughs> of uh, uh, Thomas uh, doubting whether Christ were actually resurrected, and Christ greeted him with his wounds. And, um, and we all live with wounds ourselves, and Christ's wounds didn't disappear, and our wounds didn't didn't disappear either they don't disappear mm. but they're healed by christ and amazingly and miraculously and mysteriously 
Christ can take our wounds and turn them to the good. So this this reading from Romans, we know that all things work for the good for those who love God. Even our wounds, even our our the difficulties and problems we have in our life, God can turn them to the good and and bring His hope and consolation to the world through our woundedness. Uh, so that's why I always look to this uh, particular little verse of Scripture as for inspiration. Right, and you know what? That's such a big promise, isn't it? There um, that. God is promising that all things will work together because sometimes it's hard to see that. Um, but of course, we need our faith. That's a, to me, that's such a big promise right there that all things can work together. You know, you're right, and we we need our faith to support us in that belief. And I guess that'd be my second favorite verse: is to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for. So we can be sure of this. Mm-hmm. We hope for this, mm-hmm. and to be certain of the things we cannot see. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, right. these things work to the good, and we can be sure of that. Maybe this side of heaven, uh, this side of uh, the veil, so to speak, it's hard for us to see it, but the promise of right. Christ is is that in, in the fullness of time, all of these things will be brought together, and we will uh, understand them at some point. Right, beautiful. And that, there's such peace in that promise to be found, you know, that like this is not all this is for naught, like it all can work together for something. So Right, right. Yeah. Right, absolutely. If you wouldn't mind sharing with us a little bit, um, um, what, Deacon, what are some ways that you have uh, experienced God in your life? You know, like, however, however that looks for you. What are some ways that you've seen his hand in your life, God in your life, or just seen his presence? I, my experience, I, I'm not saying Faustina or, you know, the children of Fatima. I can't, I can't say I've had any sort of great mystical experience, you know, or a vision or anything like that. God has been sure. present in my life from... From my earliest days, I was a, a good parents that raised me, that very good Christians. I was raised Presbyterian, uh, but always was taught from the, my earliest memories that, that God's present in our lives. And uh, I, I think that's quite often for most of us how we come to know God is through through our families and our parents. Absolutely. Introducing us to God and re- telling us stories. I remember as a child, you know, the nativity stories and Easter stories that, you, that we tell our kids. So mm-hmm. that's how God came into my life from the earliest moments. And uh, I married to a good woman who introduced me to the, my wife, Ruth, who introduced me to the Catholic Church. And okay. once we started having children, I became a Catholic. And my, I always joke my conversion to Catholicism was more a conversion of convenience. That, uh, <laughs> you know, we weren't, before we had kids, I'd go to the Presbyterian Church, you'd go to Mass. And uh, mm-hmm. once we started having kids, I, I just decided, well, I will... Uh, go to go with Ruth, and we'll go go together as a family. And obviously, I'm a deacon now, so I'm very glad that, that uh, you know God led me. <laughs> God to that uses point. whatever He can. <laughs> right, right. God led me to that point, and uh, you know we raised our children as uh, as Catholics, and uh, had had a very nice experience being involved with all those youth activities. And uh, yeah, God's just been a, a present, wonderful presence in my life, and and through the more difficult times in my life, and through the joys too. God's been present there. So uh, that's how I've come to know God, just kind of living and breathing a Christian culture here, I guess you could say. Uh, right, and right. very fortunate to have people sent into my life that uh, reinforce all of that and, and, and guide me to. Sure. Not everybody necessarily knows a lot about what it means to be a deacon. Would you maybe talk a little bit about kind of what pulled you to that and, and what, what kind of, um, what's your experience as a deacon? Yeah, deacons, uh, diaconoia is the old uh, Latin for, 
term for it. It's service. So we, we, we're oriented towards primarily towards service. We uh, word and sacrament and the other parts of the, the life of the church and the liturgy, liturgy of the church is important in our lives. But our main focus is service. And uh, I was drawn to this because I was very active in my parish. Uh, I was, I was a I was ordained as a young man. I was ordained back in my 40s. I'm in my 60s now, but many years ago, uh, I was ordained, and uh, uh, I was very active in my parish. Our local parish priest, Father John LaPera, encouraged me to consider going into the diaconate, and uh, I'm glad he encouraged me. And mm-hmm. it, it's helped me to uh, focus my service activities and with being closely uh attached to the magisterium and to the to our local church to our local bishop and being guided and providing the service uh, that the church wants to offer to, to to the people of the diocese and beyond and um, we're ordained uh, okay. we go through it we go through a, a about a five-year formation program where we're steeped in the uh, theology and teachings of the church so we have a, a good understanding or well-formed and um, what the church teaches and uh we so so I'm particularly involved with mental health ministry and grief support and that type of service. Other deacons focus on maybe perhaps on RCIA and other parish-based uh, youth ministries, for example. Uh, okay. Visiting the sick, visiting those in jail. Um, so we we all have maybe different aspects of service that we that we feel we're particularly called to. But if you sure. if you if you talk to a deacon, that's what you're going to ultimately find out. The deacon is focused on his service what uh what exactly do is a deacon's role when it comes to sacraments just on a practical note yeah well on a practical note the deacon uh will baptize uh is probably the primary sacrament that the deacon uh, is present at and um and also at marriages the deacon will witness a marriage although as you probably know the actual ministers of the marriage is the, the husband and wife but the, mm-hmm. the deacon will witness the marriage for the uh, uh for the uh, for the church we okay. we don't we don't celebrate we don't preside at mass uh, we don't hear confessions uh, and uh, we don't ordain bishops do ordination. We don't do confirmation. So the priest and the bishop are the primary ministers of the sacraments in the church. Um, okay. But we, we, like I said, baptism and and weddings. Uh, we'll preside a few. We'll uh, preside at a funeral service, not a funeral mass, but I, we okay. provide at many funeral services. Do committal services, graveside committal services. Uh, so we do things like that. Those aren't exactly. Sacraments, they're not, well, they're not sacraments, but uh, we provide, preside at those kind of services. Okay. Yeah, oftentimes when I see a deacon, um, they are proclaiming the gospel at a Sunday Mass, and yes. usually the top identifier for me, if I don't know who they mm-hmm. are, is that their stole seems to be going kind of off to the side and not uh, the same way a priest wears a stole. That's like my big indicator, you know? Well, that's right. If they don't have, a, a, you know, another vestment on top of their stole, yes, uh, yeah, it goes to the side rather than around their neck like a priest, right? Right, right. right. The, that's my yeah, thing we, to do, like, yeah. okay, it's a deacon. <laughs> right, and the deacons at a Mass, generally if a deacon's there, they'll pretty much always uh, proclaim the gospel, and we do occasionally preach. Uh, at masses. Okay. Uh, that's true too. Yeah. Sure. So my other question, which this 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 might be a bit of this might be obvious to people, but I'm just wondering, how has being a deacon um, strengthened your Catholic faith, and how has it brought you closer to God? Would you say? 
Probably for me, one of the main things was, well, besides the formation program, which we are well-formed, we take classes uh, on theology and the sacraments, and we get a, we get a, uh, go through a pretty good formation program when we first uh, admitted into the program. For me, one of the things was, was entering into spiritual direction. I had never been in spiritual direction prior to being in formation, and about all these many years later, I continue to stay in spiritual direction. Okay. So that was one way of being drawn to God by reflecting on where God is and talking it over with a good and holy person. In fact, to the point now, I'm a spiritual director myself. I've gone and taken some additional training and, and, and do spiritual direction myself. Okay. Uh, I see, you know, I do things now as a deacon that I wouldn't have done probably if I was not a deacon. Uh, so I see God in the, in the poor. I, I see God in those who are struggling with mental illness. I visit prisons. Uh, I really steeped in uh, a deep understanding that we are all made in the image and likeness of God, and Christ wants to be present in the lives of everyone, particularly the poor. And we have sometimes those of us that uh, you know lead uh, good middle class, upper middle class lives. Sometimes you know we have a tendency just to forget about that. We have a tendency mm-hmm. not to focus on it. Uh, mm-hmm. To forget that God is present in that, and and you know, in some instances we become afraid. We become afraid of the uh, right. of, of these uh, uh, folks that are uh, dealing with these issues. So that's one way. Also, is being able to see God is present in the lives of everyone, and also becoming more familiar with the spiritual lives of people. You know, you everybody's got a spiritual life. Everybody is attached mm-hmm. to God in one way or another. God is seeking them out. And to, to see that and to realize that, it, so when you're a deacon, uh, or any Catholic leader, but, but particularly if you're a deacon you, uh, and a clergy, you, you get to really have a deeper understanding of that, a more, a more intimate understanding of how the, the, everyone is being sought by God. Everyone is, uh, is loved by God, and obviously in different ways, uh, sure. but it, God's present in everyone's life, and we... I don't care if you're, you know, just a transient, you know, quick little interaction with the clerk at the grocery store. That person is loved by God. That person has a spiritual life. And to interact with everyone with with Mm -hmm. that in mind, that uh, Mm -hmm. God's present in everyone's life. And to treat people with respect. You know, there's there's this old Jewish uh, uh, way of looking at things uh, that... uh, but the angels, uh, if you could see the angels, which we can't see, but if you could see the angels amongst us, everyone would have uh, two angel, an angel accompany them, shouting out, make way, make way for the image and likeness of God. And we're all accompanied by our angel and, wow. and, and announcing that uh, here comes the image and likeness of God uh, before us. So that's... That's beautiful. Yeah. That makes me think of the passage in Scripture that comes to my mind periodically where... Um, you know, it says that we entertain angels unaware. Um, you know, I, I always thought about that, you know, when you run into different people, especially maybe the people you least expect it, um, you, just, you just don't know, you know. And, and even if it's not actually really an, an angel coming to see you in the form of a person, mm-hmm. you know, that person is made in God's dimension likeness. So that's, like, just as wonderful to have them in your presence, whoever they are, you know. Yeah, and the teaching of the church is, is that we're all accompanied by an angels, an angel or angels. Uh, so, yeah, they, we. some people are gifted to have a greater sense of this than others, uh, but mm-hmm. this is a spiritual reality that uh, we're all accompanied by the angels. 
Absolutely. Jerry had mentioned it in the intro, but you're very involved as a deacon, as a Catholic um, husband and father in mental health ministry, walking with people um, through that, helping people that don't have it but may um, be working with others in their family or friends that have mental health struggles. Um, you're currently doing a seminar of sorts down there at the Diocesan Center. Um, would you maybe just tell us a little bit about, um, and you know, what have you learned from that? What can you share with us as uh, fellow Catholics, um, you know, how we can help one another with people struggling with, with mental health issues? Sure. Uh, again, this is something, if I wasn't a deacon, I may, I'm sure I would not be doing this. Uh, that God works in, in ways that are unexpected. Uh, right. Like many people, uh, mental illness is part of the life of my family. Uh, my daughter Katie had bipolar disorder, uh, and she lived with this for 11 years, and she led a good life, but she died by suicide on August 3rd, 2016. And, and you know, 20% uh, of us at any one time live with some type of mental health uh, challenge or mental illness, and over the course of a lifetime, half of us are going to be dealing with some sort of uh, mental health mental illness or mental health challenge so it's it's in every family we're not comfortable talking about it but right, but right. It, but it's 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 in the lives of all of us if we don't live with a mental illness or mental health challenge ourselves we know someone we're close to someone that does so it's so it's a, a widespread condition but the stigma and the discrimination that goes with mental illness and people that live with these illnesses is just sometimes so oppressive and unnecessary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I found when Katie died, I wrote a simple obituary, mainly for my person who's here, the person who's here at St. Peter's and our neighbors in Scranton that said we were quite open about it, uh, that Katie had bipolar disorder and, and she died by suicide because we didn't want people to be wondering what happened. But, sure. but we made it clear that she was a beautiful child of God and loved by God, and she was not defined by this uh, illness, and she wasn't right. defined by her manner of death. Uh, because so often people, all they see is the illness. They'll say, oh, that person's a schizophrenic, or that person's bipolar, right. and they forget right. that that person is made in the image of likeness of God. Sure. Well, this obituary, much to uh, you know, my amazement, this obituary went viral, got picked up all over the globe, and covered in newspapers every place. So I, I joke that uh, that was God's way of taking a hard-headed guy from uh, Scranton and hitting him over the head with a two-by-four <laughs> and, and get involved in this ministry, get involved with building up a mental health ministry within wow, the, yeah. the Diocese of Scranton, but within the broader church, too. So I've joined with a few other people around the country, and we've, we've created an, a lay association of the Catholic faithful called the Association of Catholic Mental Health Ministers. Bishop Dolan, the auxiliary bishop from San Diego, was mentioned in the introduction here, is our chaplain. And, you know... Uh, Mary Kay, when you think you got a bad, you know, there's always someone else that seems to have it worse. He's lost two mm -hmm. siblings to suicide, plus a uh, brother-in-law. God bless wow. his parents. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's tough being the brother, but his parents have lost children. Right. Lost the right. children to suicide. So he deeply understands this, and we've since uh, expanded this around the, around the country, around the globe. We've even been working with the Vatican on uh, different aspects of this ministry. So, okay. uh, so you know, this is something where people sometimes have struggle understanding that God is there in the, with people who are struggling with these illnesses. God doesn't right. abandon you if you have schizophrenia or if you have one of these serious mental illnesses. God doesn't abandon you. And, you know, these days, particularly coming out of COVID, uh, there's so much depression and anxiety 
out there and and with these illnesses that come upon us we can feel like we're abandoned by god uh that's Mm -hmm. what these illnesses tell us Mm -hmm. um you know these uh we get disordered thinking so this is an important ministry that's new relatively new in the church and as you said in uh in scranton after the month of uh, april we and may we're having on tuesday evenings for a couple uh, weeks in a row, we will be having a public education series on mental health and mental illness and faith, and uh, we'll be going through to uh, Tuesday, May 17th. They meet it Tuesday evening, and that's open to the public to come down and hear and uh, uh, how our faith and mental health uh, intersect. Okay, uh, and then so, that's, I believe that's from 6.30 to 8 p.m., is that correct? Right, right, at the Diocesan Center. And, okay, and the next one is going to be tomorrow, April 26th. Right, so April 26th. People, they've only missed one if they haven't made it yet. Right, yeah. So tomorrow night we'll be talking about spirituality and mental health. So myself and two other deacons, uh, uh, Deacon Carl Albert and, and Pat McDonald, uh, will be talking about spirituality and mental health. And we'll be talking about the saints, about the church teaching on mental health and suicide, and, mm-hmm. uh, and reflect a little bit on Scripture and how Jesus uh, interacted with uh, uh, folks so it'll be a focus on spirituality and mental health. And our other sessions will be a mental health professional, a local psychiatrist from the Geisinger Medical School. We'll be talking about resilience in the community, and we'll be talking okay. about other resources in the community. So, yeah, we ask anybody to feel free to come down and uh, come and listen. If you have a couple questions, great, but uh, you can just come and quietly listen to the presentation. Yeah. Sure, yeah. That's, I just want to thank you, Deacon, for spearheading all that because it, it is so important and I, I myself work at a hospital I'm a CNA at a hospital so I'm, uh-huh. I'm aware to some extent of what you're saying because I'm, I'm taking care of a lot of people that have like some sort of physical sickness but most of the time it's coupled with um, mental struggles too of all sorts sure. whether it's related to like COVID was really tough on them or just mental struggles in general um, and so I I'm very well aware of what you're saying. It's it's very prevalent. Um, probably most of my patients have something um, going on mentally that's a struggle beside whatever physical thing they have. Um, we're we're mind, body, and spirit, you know. And yeah, uh, yep. and sometimes Catholics somehow think that uh, uh, somehow you're a bad Catholic if you're depressed or you're anxious. That maybe you're not praying enough, or yeah, you know, there's something like that. There's some sort of moral character flaw. But but these illnesses are illnesses, and I got therapy and counseling and psychiatry. They are all gifts from God too, and to to take care of ourselves. And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, on the flip side of it, sometimes uh, folks forget that. Uh, uh, that our spiritual life is important when dealing with these illnesses too. So we need all of these things to be, keep ourselves uh, in balance, balance, and uh, and uh, uh, be the wonderful person that God created us to be. We're, we're mind, body, and right. spirit. So yeah, a lot, I get, feel like a lot of times as a Catholic, it's both and. We're not either or people. We're both and. Right. So right. perhaps right. you might need counseling, and you you know should be actively participating in your faith. Not like one or the other, but both of them. Right, absolutely. I like I said earlier. I do. I, I accompany people in spiritual direction, and many of the folks that, that I accompany in spiritual direction, yeah, they they see counselors and therapists to work through some of their other uh, mental health issues, and and of course, uh, for some of these illnesses, medications necessary and important. Uh, and thank God that's there uh, to be mm-hmm, able to uh, mm-hmm. provide that sort of healing. So all of these things work together, and it's and, and one of the things too is it's important to. 
help people get past the self, what's called self-stigmatization, that people are reluctant to admit to themselves that they have mm-hmm. a mental health concern. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, part of it's just getting past that. And it's okay. if you have a right. mental health, if you had a, if you had a chest pain, you go see a, you go see a cardiologist. If you had stroke symptoms, you go see a doctor. Well, I always tell people, for example, and this might be uh, hard for some people to, to listen to, but I always say this is that if you have suicidal ideation, if you're thinking about suicide, don't blame yourself that you're somehow bad for doing this. Go see a doctor. That's a, that's similar to having chest pains or, or stroke symptoms. That's a time to go recognize that those thoughts and, and, and go get the professional medical care you need. Uh, maybe Definitely. go see a, see a, you know, a priest or a spiritual director. That's important too. But also, don't feel ashamed of yourself if you're thinking like that. That's right. That's a, that's a way to that's a sign to go get some help. Right. No, definitely. I I think one of the keys here is like God loves us all the time, no matter what, completely. And where we as Catholic Christians need to step up to the plate is God's loving them this way, and we need to make sure that we're doing it too. So just in case they don't realize that God's loving them, we're the next step there of helping remind them how much God loves them, and we love them, too, you know? Right. Um, right. And I, it's so important, I think, for us as disciples of Christ to just be sharing that immense love everywhere, you know, because sometimes they don't know Christ, so we're the, right. we're the, first, we're the front line there for them, and we need to make sure we're bringing that message um, until they get to know him, you know? Right. So. Yeah, one of the things uh, that comes up a lot, one of the things I wanted to mention, too, is besides this education series, which is limited to just a couple weeks, we have regular ongoing spiritual support group meetings for people that live with a mental illness on the second and fourth Saturday of the month at uh, St. Peter's Cathedral Rectory. And also once a month for the, the caregivers, usually parents, but sometimes it's siblings or other relatives of people that live with mental illness. And it's at those faith-sharing spiritual support group meetings where people can support each other and, and talk to each other in the way that you were just uh, describing. Because so often people, when you have these... Uh, uh, mental health issues come into your life, you do feel abandoned. And it's important that we can share with each other, support each other, reflect mm-hmm. on where God is in the middle of these crises. Quite often they are crises. Uh, either admitted to a psychiatric hospital or a suicide attempt or something like that. But even sure. if you're not in crisis, these mental illnesses, you know, uh, unfortunately, they most of them are chronic. They you, you have to learn to live your entire life with them. That's uh, like having diabetes or multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. These illnesses don't go away. They can get under control, and you can live in recovery and live good lives with them. But one of the important things is is to uh, have people that can support each other as you as you live with these chronic mental illnesses. Absolutely. So that's yeah. what these spiritual support group meetings provide. Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing those resources. And um, we're we're out of time now, Deacon. But thank you so much for for coming on the program. And I encourage everybody not doing anything tomorrow or the next few Tuesdays, um, please <clears throat> go ahead to the diocesan center there in Scranton and, and uh, check out this mental health educational series. That would be 6.30 to 8 p.m. Uh, the next few Tuesdays. And thank you so much, Deacon, and God bless all your work. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mary Kate, and thank you for your ministry, too. Uh, thank you so much. All right, God bless you all, and until next time, take care now. Bye.